2 Kings chapter 19, verse 1. And it came to pass when King Hezekiah heard it, that he rent his clothes and covered himself with sackcloth, and went into the house of the Lord. When Hezekiah heard that the commander of the Assyrian army was threatening to take Jerusalem and had insulted their Lord, he went into mourning. He tore his clothes, put on sackcloth, and then he went into the temple to hear from the Lord what his answer would be. This is what you and I need to do when the world is attacking us. We need to go straight to God, humble ourselves and wait on him for an answer, and not try to take things into our own hands. We can't be our own savior. Only God can save us. Two, and he sent Eliakim, who was over the household, and Shebna the scribe, and the elders of the priests, covered with sackcloth, unto Isaiah the prophet, the son of Amos. He has sent these leaders to go and speak to the prophet to get a prophecy from the Lord, to get an answer. This Isaiah, who is the prophet in Hezekiah's kingdom, is the same Isaiah whose book we're going to read later in the book of Isaiah. And the book of Isaiah is mind-blowing. It's a prophetic book which gives a lot of prophecy about Jesus Christ. About 60% of the book of Isaiah directly speaks about Jesus Christ, who was to be born on earth hundreds of years later. It's going to be fun to read that, but this is that very same Isaiah that they're now asking to give them a prophecy. 3. And they said unto him, Thus saith Hezekiah, This day is a day of trouble, and of rebuke, and of contumely. Contumely is harsh language or insulting language, which is the language that they got from the Assyrian field commander. For the children are come to the birth, and there is not strength to bring forth. They're saying that Jerusalem is like a woman in labor who doesn't have strength to push the baby out, because they are going to be forced into battling the Assyrians, but they don't have the strength to fight the Assyrians. For it may be the Lord thy God will hear all the words of Rabshakeh, whom the king of Assyria his master hath sent to taunt the living God, and will rebuke the words which the Lord thy God hath heard. Wherefore, make prayer for the remnant that is left. Hezekiah is telling the servants who he's sending to Isaiah, maybe the Lord will rebuke the Assyrians for insulting him, and the Lord will save us. So go pray and ask Isaiah to pray. 5. So the servants of Hezekiah came to Isaiah. 6. And Isaiah said unto them, Thus shall ye say to your master, meaning, This is what I want you to tell the king Hezekiah. Thus saith the Lord, Be not afraid of the words that thou hast heard, wherewith the servants of the king of Assyria have blasphemed me. Blaspheme is when you say something about God that isn't true. For instance, if you say that God is evil and hates people, or if you say that God doesn't want to help people, or that God isn't holy, or that he isn't powerful, all of that is blaspheming, because it's not true. 7. Behold, I will put a spirit in him, and he shall hear a rumor, and shall return to his own land, and I will cause him to fall by the sword in his own land. Isaiah is prophesying that God is going to cause the field commander of the Assyrian army to run home because he will get paranoid because he'll hear a rumor of trouble in Assyria. And then when he gets to Assyria, he will die there because somebody will kill him. 8. So Rabshakeh returned and found the king of Assyria warring against Libna, for he had heard that he was departed for Lachish. Rabshakeh 
the field commander of the Assyrian army, left Jerusalem without besieging it because he heard rumor, just as God said, that his king was going to war against Libna. And so he ran home to go help his king in the war against Libna. 9. And when he heard say of Tirhaka, king of Ethiopia, behold, he has come out to fight against thee. He sent messengers again unto Hezekiah, saying, 10. Thus shall ye speak to Hezekiah, king of Judah, saying, Let not thy God, in whom thou trustest, beguile thee, saying, Jerusalem shall not be given into the hand of the king of Assyria. 11. Behold, thou hast heard what the kings of Assyria have done to all lands, by destroying them utterly, and shalt thou be delivered? 12. Have the gods of the nations delivered them, which my fathers have destroyed? Gozen and Harzan and Rezif and the children of Eden that were in Telassar? After Rabshakeh went back to Assyria to help his king fight, he heard another rumor from Ethiopia that Hezekiah was going to come and fight the Assyrians on their own territory. So he sent another message back to Hezekiah, again insulting the Lord and saying that the Assyrians would take Jerusalem and that their Lord was powerless, just as all the pagan gods were powerless. 13. Where is the king of Hamath and the king of Arpad and the king of the city of Sepharvim, of Hena and Iva? Again he's saying, none of these other pagan gods can confront the Assyrians, so your god can't either. 14. And Hezekiah received the letter from the hand of the messengers and read it. And Hezekiah went up unto the house of the Lord and spread it before the Lord. This is a beautiful scene. Now Hezekiah is getting a second threat from Rabshakeh of the Assyrians. But this time it's in the form of a letter because Rabshakeh is at home now in Assyria. But he sent them a letter saying, I'm still going to come and get you. And your God can't deliver you from me. So Hezekiah is actually giving God this letter, saying, Look, this is the letter that was sent to torment me. I'm offering it to you, Lord. You and I can do the same thing. If anything is sent to torment us, like a sickness, a disease, an accident, a loss of a job, loss of a relationship, or anything that hurts us, injury of a child or whatever, we can put that before the Lord and say, Lord, this is what Satan sent me to terrorize me. I'm giving it to you to let you deal with it, God. And that's what Hezekiah has done. 15. And Hezekiah prayed before the Lord and said, O Lord, the God of Israel, that sittest upon the cherubim, thou art the God, even thou alone, of all the kingdoms of the earth. Thou hast made heaven and earth. He's worshiping God and elevating God and saying the truth about God. And you and I can do the same thing when we're in trouble. Just worship the Lord. You don't have to do anything else. Just repent of your sins and worship the Lord. You will be delivered. 16. Incline thine ear, O Lord, and hear. Open thine eyes, O Lord, and see, and hear the words of Sennacherib, wherewith he hath sent him to taunt the living God. Sennacherib is the king of Assyria, and these words are from one of his officers, and these words are meant to taunt Judah and the living God. 17. Of a truth, Lord, the kings of Assyria have laid waste the nations and their lands. 18. And have cast their gods into the fire, for they were no gods, but the work of men's hands, wood and stone, therefore they have destroyed them. 19. Now therefore, O Lord our God, save thou us, I beseech thee, out of his hand, that all the kingdoms of the earth may know that thou art the Lord God, even thou only.
Hezekiah is saying the reason the Assyrians took the other nations is because they worshipped false gods. They didn't worship you, but we worship you and you are a real God. So now show the Assyrians that you are real so that your name will be glorified. You can pray the same way to the Lord when you are in trouble. You can say, Lord, save me out of this mess so that I can testify to everybody I know of what you did and glorify your name and tell everybody how you saved me. 20. Then Isaiah, the son of Amos, sent to Hezekiah, saying, Thus saith the Lord, the God of Israel, Whereas thou hast prayed to me against Sennacherib, king of Assyria, I have heard thee. Isaiah is prophesying to Hezekiah that God has heard Hezekiah's prayer. 21. This is the word that the Lord hath spoken concerning him. The virgin daughter of Zion hath despised thee, and laughed thee to scorn. The daughter of Jerusalem hath shaken her head at thee. This is like a parable. It's calling Jerusalem the virgin daughter of Zion, meaning that she only has one master and one Lord. She's not a harlot. She's not a fornicator. She doesn't worship other gods. She is betrothed to the one true God. That's what it's saying. When we worship God alone, we are betrothed to him. We're spiritual virgins because we don't practice fornication with other gods, meaning we don't worship other gods. We only worship the true God. And the prophecy is saying that Jerusalem, the virgin of the Lord, will scorn, will laugh at and mock the king of Assyria, and she'll shake her head at him and say, you loser. This is a beautiful prophecy. 22. Whom hast thou taunted and blasphemed, and against whom hast thou exalted thy voice. Yea, thou hast lifted up thine eyes on high, even against the Holy One of Israel. The Holy One is Jesus Christ. And when Sennacherib and his captain insulted God, they were insulting Jesus. And because they insulted the Lord, they will be defeated. 23. By the messengers thou hast taunted the Lord, and hast said, With a multitude of my chariots am I come up to the height of the mountains, to the innermost parts of Lebanon, and I have cut down the tall cedars thereof, and the choice cypress thereof, and I have entered into the farthest lodge, the forest of his fruitful field. Lebanon is known for being the beautiful forest that supplied the wood for King Solomon to build the temple and the king's palace. And the Lord is saying that the king of Assyria thought that he would assault Lebanon and Jerusalem, but he won't. 24. I have digged and drunk strange waters, and with the sole of my feet have I dried up all the rivers of Egypt. 25. Hast thou not heard? Long ago I made it, in ancient times I fashioned it. Now have I brought it to pass, yea, it is done, that fortified cities should be laid waste into ruinous heaps. 26. Therefore their inhabitants were of small power, they were dismayed and confounded, they were as the grass of the field, and as the green herb, as the grass on the housetops, and as corn blasted before it is grown up. 27. But I know thy sitting down, and thy going out, and thy coming in, and thy raging against me. The Lord is saying that he created the river of Egypt, and he dried it up. He has the power to create and to destroy. And he conquered the Egyptians already when the Israelites left Egypt. Later, God allowed them to rebuild again. But at one point, he did conquer them. They were as blasted corn or withering herbs. And he says, I know everything about the Assyrian king. 
28, Because of thy raging against me, and for that thy tumult is come up into mine ears, therefore will I put my hook in thy nose, and my bridle in thy lips, and I will turn thee back by the way by which thou camest. God is saying, because Assyria raged against the living God and mocked and blasphemed him, the living God is going to put a hook in Assyria's nose and reins in his teeth like a horse and turn him back to his own land. And he won't be in Samaria anymore, I believe or in those other cities in Judah that they had taken. God is going to expel the Assyrians out of the cities of Judah. 29. And this shall be the sign unto thee, Ye shall eat this year that which groweth of itself, and in the second year that which springeth of the same, and in the third year sow ye and reap, and plant vineyards, and eat the fruit thereof. 30. And the remnant that is escaped of the house of Judah shall again take root downward, and bear fruit upward. Isaiah is prophesying that God is saying that in this first year, the people in Judah will be able to eat whatever is growing wild, and in the second year, they will also eat whatever plants grow wild. But in the third year, they'll have peace and safety to actually plant their own crops. And he also says that whoever left the land of Judah shall return back to Judah, meaning Those who ran out of the cities that the Assyrians took, they'll be able to come back to those cities. 31. For out of Jerusalem shall go forth a remnant, and out of Mount Zion they that shall escape. The zeal of the Lord of hosts shall perform this. God is saying that even with a remnant of people who have escaped and who are still in Jerusalem, God will restore the land of Judah. 32. Therefore, thus saith the Lord concerning the king of Assyria, he shall not come unto this city, nor shoot an arrow there, neither shall he come before it with field, nor cast a mound against it. Isaiah is prophesying that the king of Assyria will not be able to besiege Jerusalem at all. He won't be able to do anything against the city. 33. By the way that he came, by the same shall he return, and he shall not come into this city, saith the Lord. 34. For I will defend this city to save it, for mine own sake and for my servant David's sake. God says he is going to defend Jerusalem to glorify his own name and to keep his promise to King David, whom he promised that King David's line would never end and that Jerusalem would always be God's city. 35. And it came to pass that night that the angel of the Lord went forth and smote in the camp of the Assyrians a hundred fourscore and five thousand. And when men arose early in the morning, behold, they were all dead corpses. This is a mighty warrior angel. One angel killed a hundred and eighty-five thousand Assyrian warriors in one night. And that angel killed them while they were sleeping. And when the other warriors woke up and looked around, they saw corpses all around them in the camp. They woke up to tons and tons of dead bodies. 36. So Sennacherib king of Assyria departed and went and returned and dwelt at Nineveh. The Assyrians retreated. When they hadn't even fought a battle yet, they retreated and went back to Nineveh. Nineveh is going to be an extremely wicked place because that's where the Assyrians live. And they are going to terrorize the Israelites and they're going to do horrific things. They're going to torture, mutilate. It's going to be awful. They're going to burn people alive. They're going to rip up pregnant women's stomachs. And this will come into play later when we read the book of Jonah, because God will send the prophet Jonah 
to tell the people of Nineveh to repent, but Jonah won't want to do it because he doesn't want the people of Nineveh to be forgiven and saved by the Lord. He wants them to go to hell because of all the evil that they did to his people. We'll read about that later in the book of Jonah. 37. And it came to pass, as he was worshiping in the house of Nisroch, his god, meaning Sennacherib, the king of Assyria, that Adramelech and Sarazer, his son, smote him with a sword, and they escaped into the land of Ararat. And Esarhaddon, his son, reigned in his stead. The king of Assyria, Sennacherib, was murdered by two of his sons while he was worshiping in the pagan temple. But those two sons left because they were traitors and they could get killed for doing that. And one of their brothers, another son named Esharadon, took the throne of Assyria. And those two brothers ran into the same land where Noah's boat landed, Noah's Ark, which is now in the area of Turkey. So that's where they ran. Now, Azaradon is the king of Assyria, and Jerusalem has remained standing because the Lord protected Jerusalem and Judah. And that concludes 2 Kings chapter 19.